0: hello sir good morning good morning how's it going uh it's going pretty good yeah it's been a it's been a little while we skipped last week i was traveling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good to be back on the mic with you i forgot to cancel
1: two things uh before i went away for vacation and uh, they're on the same day the morning i realized it both people texted me and said hey can we reschedule and i was like wow <laughs> this has worked good out good timing <laughs> yeah so nice. I said yes. Nice. And so I spent the last week uh, at a lake house uh, with some friends and family. We all uh, got tested beforehand and then isolated and then went up and just did like a, you know, normal humans hanging out in a house thing. Uh, and it was really nice. I, I really enjoyed it.
0: That's cool. What was this? Mostly just like a unplug and uh, take a break from work for a little bit? Totally.
1: Yep. Yeah, I did. I did very little work. There was this like this beautiful deck, like overlooking the lake, uh, spent a lot of time outside swimming and canoeing and doing some hikes. And it was, it was like a perfect kind of unplug, recharge type of vacation.
0: Mm. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: This is, our, I think, our fourth year doing this, maybe. Uh, and it's become a bit of a tradition. And we were originally not going to do it this year, I think. But then we kind of figured out, OK, there's probably a, a safe way to do this with like pretty low risk. So I'm glad we, we pulled it off. It was worth it
0: that's cool yeah was the vibe different were there a lot less people around in this in this area or is this already remote to be honest?
1: oh um it was already fairly remote it was kind of up in the woods a bit up in new hampshire and we didn't really go into town we really went to we went grocery shopping uh, and that was kind of normal normalish we had fewer people at the, at the house normally would have a bigger group but we kind of just for you know, safety reasons kept it even smaller so it was kind of a, a more mellow experience but that was okay nice yeah. And I had a, a very cool thing happen while we were there, which is I got a message from Mikey, our developer, at one point. And he was like, oh, I f- had this kind of breakthrough on the product. I found this really cool thing that we can do. Ooh. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then like a day or two later, Zay, who's been, who's been working on sales for us, was like, oh, I uh, here's the PO for this, the biggest order we've ever gotten yet. <laughs> Uh, So it was like, oh my gosh, like the company continues to move forward, even though uh, I'm at a lake house.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. Like you've you've reached a pretty cool milestone and maybe you've been in this place for a while, but like to be able to unplug for a period of time like that and the machine keeps rolling. It's a pretty good spot to be in an early stage startup. (laughs) Totally. We're still getting there.
1: Like there's still things that require. We also did a little bit of work. We actually just hired a part time support person. So Joel's kind of in the process of like getting this person up to speed and responding to questions. It's definitely not the case that everything's fully handed off, but it feels very different. It's not like either we're working on it or nothing's happening. It's definitely a new kind of era, which feels really cool.
0: I was just reflecting on the fact that, like, I'm now squarely back in the phase where it's kind of hard for me right now to, like, leave my house without my laptop which you know i've kind of been out of that for a little while but i was definitely for most of my drip tenure that was kind of where i was at you know until we really had a, a full team built out that could do all the emergency response stuff um that that may happen and, totally
1: we were talking yeah. with spencer uh, at the lake and he was like he still travels with two laptops usually oh man because <laughs> to like test the app you it's really you need it uh, and we're like okay this would be a good goal is like to get it to the point where you only have one laptop <laughs> that's,
0: that's step one yeah i would say so oh man
1: it's kind of a necessary evil i guess but it's it's a, it's a nice sign if you didn't need that laptop right. it means no one's using it probably
0: i have for the past couple of years done this trip up to the boundary waters of minnesota um in the middle of summer and it's like a canoeing trip and you portage th- across lakes and you can maybe sometimes pick up a little bit of internet from canada because <laughs> it's so mm. far north <laughs> but otherwise there's like no service up there i was bummed to miss the trip this year but also like kind of preemptively planned like if i can go on this trip something is really wrong like that means that i don't have a serious enough product in the wild that mm. requires my attention you know mm. so uh gotcha yeah,
1: yeah. So kind of a good sign.
0: Yeah, I would say so. That'll be one of my goals. You know, once I launch like and get to kind of default a live status, it's like, um, yeah, how quickly can I get to the position where I'm not always tethered to my laptop? And that's one of those like quality of life bits that I probably should have worked on sooner at Drip and probably contributed to a little bit of burnout. Just the fact that like and, and if nothing else, annoyance from my spouse, you know, mm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm can you leave and not bring that thing with you for once? (laughs) So
1: it seems like drip is, was probably way more operationally intensive than most web apps would be.
0: For sure. I did have a moment. So I'm going through the official, like getting mighty cow listed in zoom's marketplace, which is kind of a requirement to be like an official, like OAuth application that integrates or whatever. And to get like, full-on certification you have to go through a couple of steps and there's like a security review process and so i filled out a questionnaire probably not unlike the type of questionnaires that you <laughs> have to fill out from time to time for tuple and then just randomly like a couple evenings ago i think they started doing like a basic set of battery of tests automated tests against the production application and i started getting like you know random exception notifications like attempting to put a null byte in an email address field and all that kind of stuff and like that was a little disconcerting i was you know having a picnic with friends and looked down and like my phone's uh, blowing up <laughs> but it was all like i think it it actually passed the test you know it's like nice through exceptions in the right places and stuff but i was like ah oh, this brings me back
1: it's <laughs> kind of some nice like uh, free qa right there
0: yeah right a little pen test they came back with one little thing they're like can you disable tls 1.0 1.1 on your ssl setup and i was like oh if that's the only thing you come away with then that's pretty good i feel sure good. yeah you know, nice yeah.
1: so are you in the store then
0: i think by the time this episode goes live i expect to be fully you know i'm like pretty deep into the process at this point so
1: cool yeah yeah nice. yeah so what's the what's the overall status of in mighty cat Land, then What's going on? Yeah, I was
0: just I was just remarking to you before we before we started recording that like it's been you know two weeks since we recorded and it feels like I should have more to report on, but really it's been it's kind of been more of the same. Like invites invite some more people, onboard them, get a bunch of feedback, and then start like incorporating the feedback and, and iterating. And I still feel like I have, you know, like pretty clear direction on my next couple of weeks at least on what's most important to build, which just feels good. I can kind of you know, turn off that part of my brain that's like always trying to analyze, like, am I working on the most important thing and just feel confident that like, yep, I am, because this is what people who are currently using the product need. Nice. Um, So I shipped, you know, a number of things, a bunch of kind of UX improvements to the booking page itself to make Open slots more discoverable, like loading indicators in case you connected 5000 calendars and it's taking a little while to load them and, you know, auto scrolling the, the calendar view to the right spot and just a bunch of things that like, you know, I obviously could have spent probably two months total at, out of the gate, like optimizing this page, but that didn't make sense. And so continuing to loop back and, and make that even better. That feels good to get that in a place where it's like starting to really feel um, like a really smooth experience.
1: Nice. Are people booking appointments?
0: Yeah, it's it's working. And so far feedback's been good. A couple people have passed along like complimentary feedback from their their people who have scheduled using their link. So it's good. Yeah. Does that interest you as like a
1: a metric, like a North Star kind of metric? Like how many things were booked via Mighty Cal? this period
0: i think so yeah i mean i it would be cool to know like i could probably measure this like how many people land on a page and schedule like set up a little like conversion tracking or something to to know like how successful that's being or are people like receiving the link and then dropping off and not scheduling and of course that can be influenced by a bunch of things but that seems like it would be it would be perhaps an even more interesting metric you know Hmm. Um, yeah maybe that's that
1: feels like kind of like a fine optimization kind of thing where it's like okay like really dial that in but i'm just just as like a is the business beginning to to work like not num- call or like uh not calls <laughs> that's too <point>. um <laughs> like appointments per week might be interesting just to yeah. pay attention to
0: no that's true because then yeah it, like presumably if someone's if people are using their booking links then that means the person is getting deriving value out of it right Cause that means it's working for them so
1: yeah is there like a dozen people on these days or something like that like
0: yeah i think there's about 10 people actively using it right now um yeah
1: and yeah you did say you were like charging people right yes
0: yep they're paying paying customers so
1: cool so uh i I think this phase is actually like i've said before like really fun where it's like there's there's sort of critical things missing and everyone says like we need x so it's like okay i know what to do i'm gonna go build x
0: yeah, no, I'm it, it is. And it gives me Yeah, like I've so like, it's peace of mind, like, I can lay out my week and just start punching down the list. And I, it feels productive to to check these things off. And I can always email somebody after I finish something and be like, Hey, this thing you wanted, I shipped it. And they can be like, Oh, hey, that was fast. And, you know, mm-hmm. it feels good. So there's a a feature that I've been a part of the app that I've been trying to, trying to get right. And I've known that it's that it hasn't been optimal so it's the the part of the app where you can basically define your recurring availability settings and so in MightyCal, i have that separated from the scheduling links themselves so you can go into an area it's the availability tab in the app and you can basically set up kind of presets so you can maybe have like your working hours as one preset and then maybe just afternoons or mornings or you know whatever you're kind of Normal go-to windows of time that you want to offer up to people would be, and on this page, I have the calendar view there, so you can preview what your availability um, settings for that for that preset are, and you can quickly see at a glance, you know, am I available at all, or is there like basically nothing available, and do I need to widen it? And then and then I have kind of like a more traditional web appy kind of interface for like adding interval definitions so each interval definition is like pick days of the week and a range of time and you can add multiples of these right oh and you can also on the calendar view you can drag on like a particular day highlight a range of time and and override so you can like you can say like on a recurring basis it's mornings but on you know friday the 21st i want to open up for afternoons and so you can do kind of one-off overrides but like i found that when people discover that you can drag and highlight you know, ranges on the calendar and click buttons. It's kind of a more like it feels more interactive. It's more of a visual way to define availability and, but that causes confusion because they're like, well, is this only applied to this Friday or is it for every Friday? And I feel like, like once they discover you can do that, they kind of even ignore the sidebar where you can define your recurring rules because they just expect like, oh, there's this calendar view. I can just do it all here. And so, that's been like that's been a point of confusion and then and then you know I'm always onboarding people so I'm there watching them as they're doing this and I'm giving them hints and they're like oh okay I get it now but like yeah I didn't that's not what I thought it did it, it, from the get-go right and so I've been I've been doing little things here and there and and it's really fun to have these, you know, forcing everyone through a onboarding session with me because I get to improve it a little bit. And then the next one, I can try it again and see what their impressions are. And like, is it trending in the right direction? Is it getting more clear? And so far, my efforts have been like adding little helper text here or there, or like using more nuanced language on this button to make it clear that this is recurring and this is a one-off override. And overall the the interface i feel like has been increasing in complexity it's been okay at at like increasing clarity but people are still confused and like it just is still suboptimal and then uh in the last week something kind of clicked and i kind of figured out like oh i think this is i think i figured out the right way to do it and then i started describing that to people once they kind of went through their rocky confusion phase and then have gotten validation like oh yeah that's that's totally the right answer that's the way to do it so Mm.
1: that's great yeah and so like this is kind of a testament to the power of watching people sign up for your thing mm -hmm. like you might not have realized this confusion was there if you hadn't seen people struggle with it
0: yeah exactly exactly and like so basically the the right solution is kind of a calendar view, but not, but like an abstract calendar view. So there's not specific days. It's just, you know, Sunday through Saturday and the days of the week or in the times of day on the, on the left. And then, you know, still like you can drag a range and open it up and then you're just defining recurring rules basically on this kind of abstract calendar. And then if you want to do overrides, you can flip over to like a preview tab and you can see your actual calendar events. And then you can go and override on specific days. So kind of getting rid of the little like check boxes for days of the week and type in times. um, Someone remarked like this feels most like Calendly to me. (laughs) Like Mm, this part of your app and like I don't like it. So um, yeah. yeah.
1: It's like more of a visual model where everything happens on the calendar.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good.
0: Yeah. So I've been that's on my list to do this week. And hopefully I will be able to knock that out. Uh, today and tomorrow
1: does this feel like the i mean apparently this is the the highest priority thing like is it the, the biggest blocker for people or getting users or something like that
0: i think it is like yeah i've i've batted this around in my mind a little bit like this is this is just a ux improvement like you can it's not changing what you can actually accomplish but it's making it easier and more intuitive for the user and i do feel like you know if i think about you know say in a month if i wanted to start inviting people like batches of people and send them through self-guided onboarding without me holding their hand, which I do want to drive. That is my next milestone. I'm driving towards that. You know, would I be okay with people running through the old experience on this, on this interface? And I think like this is a must have for that next milestone phase. And that makes sense. Yeah. And I want to see trending in progress. Like ideally my demos get less and less handholdy i think by the end i want to get to the point of like inviting someone to onboard and i don't give them any kind of demo of the app at all it's just like all right hey share your screen sign up for the app and let me watch you you know walk through it and they should ideally be able to like get everything set up without my assistance i think that'll be that'll know when it's like ready for uh to open it up to people
1: so mm-hmm. cool i was thinking in my head of like how you also need to be doing like marketing and all this um have <laughs> yeah. million priorities i'm sure <laughs> there is that nice thing where like people are sending your link around as they use your product yeah. totally so yep. i mean not to say you won't have to do marketing but you will have that kind of a little bit of built-in virality mm-hmm. there which is which is handy
0: yep absolutely yeah
1: that might make the burden a, bit, a little bit less
0: yeah yeah and that is that isn't always a consideration like when how do i divide my time up as a solo founder and when's the right time to start you know thinking about getting help on certain areas from Mm -hmm. contractors or employees like always always weighing that in my mind
1: but totally well you've got that all that vc money just yeah jeez, that huge seed round so Uh are you supposed to hire immediately
0: no it thankfully does not come with that mandate okay
1: (laughs) that's good yeah uh speaking of hiring so i've been noodling this idea and i wanted to kind of just run it by you this is just like a this is in the idea phase like figuring just just thinking about stuff more than a concrete plan so i was thinking about this quote uh which is something like um you companies tend to ship their org chart or i think it's usually phrased like don't ship your org chart so it's like if you if you're building a product the user just wants it to work really well and have all the pieces feel coherent and fit together nicely they don't care that you have a front-end team and a back-end team or like this is the billing team and this over here is the whatever team like they don't want to know it shouldn't be obvious in your product it should feel like one thing which i think is kind of interesting an interesting observation and and advice and that kind of led me to like what what is the tuple org chart and what does that mean and, and what do we want it to look like and I started thinking about it from the other direction, which is like, what could we change about who who works here and who we hire that would have positive impacts on the business? And one thing I was thinking is, imagine something like a head of trial conversions. So like right now, the tuple trial conversion rate is like low 40s, and it's been low 40s for for a while. So that we we sort of bounce around there, and I think that's kind of low-ish and it's not surprising. Like we kind of have it's there's a fair amount of work to get like the app and you know going and installed and then downloaded and you can't do it alone so you need to have somebody else involved and so we have some some barriers and some some difficulties about it and we haven't done a ton of work on it so i think that number is quite soft but like a 10 percent conversion rate like a, going from 40 to 50 is i mean you know millions of dollars probably in a year it's like well that seems stupid to not have a part of the org chart where someone is thinking about that Um, it's like i almost couldn't think of a more direct like if we hired a person here and they had a big impact how quickly would it cause positive things for the business
0: and i was like right
1: i mean i couldn't yeah i don't know if i could i could do better than that
0: Hmm. interesting yeah and then the question becomes like, what are the skills of this person? That's right? Exactly like, what I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah, because because it like if you think about the areas that influence this, I mean, design for one thing, just mm-hmm. is is visual. Are the visuals supporting uh, visual aspect of it supporting you know in- increasing trial conversions? It's copywriting, right? Um, email sequences and stuff like that, in app messaging, <laughs> right? Um, and like and so then changes
1: to the app, like yep. The Mac app would need... Like, for one person to do this, they would basically need to be you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's not that many yous. So right. I think that's probably not going to be the right strategy. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, maybe they should be able to program. Like, maybe they can like, could do Ruby. And so they could at least make changes on the back end and like potentially run A-B tests there. Maybe this is a person that we give a budget to. And it's like, you are just in charge of making this number go up if you want to hire... A developer to do some work if you want to hire a designer uh, maybe they even just like shape the project like figure out the tests and the projects and then we hand those off to you know our existing people but there's someone who is going to make sure it gets done and not be like oh we should yeah we really should fix this onboarding thing and we just never do
0: and that's also the interesting piece to think about is like what layer of like there's a spectrum of like the lowest level like individual contributor skilled person and then there's a person who maybe ties together multiple things and then there's the person who's more on the managerial tier where like they don't they're not an ic themselves but they know how to like find the right people to do the right things right it's like early on a lot of times you have to skew towards like a generalist who can get their hands dirty and do a lot of the things themselves but those are also quite hard to find you know and then maybe a more mature company like approach is like well we can't find unicorns to do all the things so you have to like build you have to do company building you have to find the right you know the right people who can find the other people and motivate the right people in the right direction and all that kind of right. stuff. right
1: sure yeah. yeah
0: i would say i lean towards the
1: former i think right now yeah if we had 10 times as much revenue then yeah like why not a team of five working on right. you know activation yep. and also i think there's since you're busy uh <laughs> there, there's um I do think that's actually this is kind of a really cool job to me. In that it's like it's like it feels like perfect starting a company training, where it's like you're involved in a critical part of the funnel. You're going to need a wide range of skills. You're going to have to learn how to work with people and run tests and look at data and make uh, hypotheses. And it just seems like it seems cool. Like it seems fun. Like so, so, I could imagine potentially finding someone who is motivated and has some of the right experience, but not all of it but is excited about the prospect of digging
0: in and learning how to do right. it right so you mentioned like a potential like title for this would be like head of trial activation or whatever i wonder is this more of just like general like product manager because at a certain point you may you may find like your activations pretty good but your retention's not great and so now like the focus needs to shift over to like you know a different part of the funnel or something that would probably still be maybe in this person's purview or you know yeah area of responsibility yeah that's a fair point there's something i really like
1: about tightly scoping the role and being like mm-hmm. your job is basically this number and the numbers that go into it for now yeah yeah so it's not like just the trial conversion rate but maybe it's like percentage of users that actually install the app or you know there's, there's a few things in the funnel but like uh, yeah that, that feed into it even if we get the trial conversion rate pretty high we're probably going to keep changing how that funnel works like maybe it's like drop the credit card requirement, go maybe try try freemium, maybe change the pricing around. So I think there will kind of always be optimization work there. But if not, maybe it's like, all right, so you came in as head of trial conversions, you killed it. That's amazing. But now we need you over here in retention. Uh, maybe this is just now head of growth or, you know, funnel chief or something.
0: That's a, um, Maybe that's a promotion at that point, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Having such a clear metric for success mm-hmm feels important or it feels like it's really useful it's like it's just three months in we can say like okay here's here the here's the success number is it higher or lower okay well i I like the tight scope of it more than saying okay you're the product manager okay uh great you should make the product better and it'd be nice if we made more money on the way that's cool too Uh, just it's it's so much more fuzzy
0: i just know how much like attention has to go into like figuring out what the success metrics are and then like what are the areas where optimizing towards that success metric can possibly go wrong you could end up in a scenario not like this person probably wouldn't do this but like you could end up in the scenario where like well they want to get you know trial to paid conversions higher or something so then like incentivize people to convert to paying and maybe those people are maybe they juice it at that level and then they're less likely to stick around but like as long as i can get them to tick over to paying then i've like achieved my metric you know yes so one thing i've i've heard that i like
1: about this is like having kind of an anti metric so there's like okay we're trying to get trial conversions up but we also don't want this other thing that's kind of that would indicate sort of bad behavior to go up i say i like the simplicity of, of having kind of a, a tight focus on a particular thing but in, in reality there would be more data going into their performance if marketing is having a great month we're going to get more people, more leads in that are probably going to not be as good a fit as our normal. And so, I would expect to see trial conversions go down, even if we're doing a good job. So, there would be need to be more considerations than just a single number. I think we could come up with a few that give a pre- and like also make that part of the job. It's like, hey, like you should be maintained. Like, I want a report on this part of the funnel every week, month, whatever, and let's work together to figure out the best ways to evaluate the how it's
0: performing. I like it. So, you think how far away do you think you are on like? open up a rec for this i mean
1: i talked to her with spencer he was on board thought it sounded like a good mm-hmm. idea he was like mm-hmm. a, and to me it's like when you come up with a thing like this why would you not do it now assuming there's a the revenue is there and and it is and even if it weren't it's like we think this thing will potentially generate millions of dollars okay well let's wait six months and then we'll do it later
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah uh, so i don't know i'm i'm fired up about it now uh but i'm still kind of like talking it over with people and we'll, we'll see but I, I could see us potentially trying to find this person I think I think this will also be a hard person to find like I think it's like the, the right person will be a little tricky but there's probably more archetypes that would work here I don't think anyone's gonna have all of the skills and so maybe there's like it's the sort of a, a wider we can cast a bit of a wider net
0: yep yeah. right hmm. I like it
1: coming with these roles that are kind of defined by like have sort of clear success metrics feels like but like maybe a good way to go like a, a nice way to Find the right people and also just like make it clear how how it's going. Where it's like we're looking for like a WebRTC expert right now, but also like, what if this person were like the head of latency? Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's right. just like okay, like your first job is to instrument the whole thing and give us a, some good aggregate number of how tuples latency is across the world and yeah. graph it and let's track it over time. And it's like oh well, I have a hunch I know what's gonna happen to this number.
0: Right. No, I like that too, because one of the things that we started doing at Drip as like our engineering organization grew and we we started like instrumenting things. We had like tons of Grafana dashboards that were like showing us all kinds of metrics all the time, right? One of the things that like our kind of more seasoned engineering leaders started encouraging us to do, and at first I kind of pushed back a little bit against this because I I was concerned that it would have us focusing on the wrong things. Like like we were we were looking at like Nuanced, different, like queue performance metrics, and like I, I want to make sure this queue performs quickly and doesn't back up too much. And they kind of encourage us to like step back, zoom out. They're like, "Well, what is it? Does it actually matter if that queue backs up and gets a little bit slow? Like, what's the end user impact?" And so, like, we focused on getting our dashboards and on the metrics we were watching all the time. You know, focused more on end user metrics. So it became less about like is you know queue C have a large backlog in it and taking a long time to flush out and it's more like well what's the average time for a broadcast email to send what's the site latency and how long does it take for on average for segments to to show up for the user in the ui so like tying it back to end user metrics the things that the users actually care about And driving towards making sure those things are staying within an acceptable range. And then everything else kind of flows from that, you know. So that's why I like that latency piece. Because that's like, that's something that users are actually feeling. And then that's, of course, influenced by a bunch of other things. But that is, you know, probably a really important metric to be watching all the time and optimizing for.
1: Totally. Yeah. Agreed. I, I like that user focus. And like we have like a call quality rating that we collect when people like rate their calls after the fact and it's no one's official job to make that number go up and so it, it mostly doesn't it's it's a good number but it, it hasn't gone up in a little while because we're just you know it's not it's maybe not the most important thing it's an important thing but maybe not number one and also just like not it's competing with a lot of other priorities um, but when you make user facing or like user beneficial metrics someone's job that, that seems that seems useful to me maybe this is just an indication that like we need to do a better job of like setting okr type goals like we could hire a general product manager and say this quarter your job is trial conversions and next quarter is going to be something else so so there's another there's other ways of thinking about this i think obviously yeah
0: i mean i suppose like so the tight scoping is is a pretty interesting thought experiment but i wonder like would would someone who's looking at this role be concerned that maybe it's too narrow like like i want to be able to spread my wings and influence the entire tuple funnel and like maybe this is too narrow like that could be something you might experience totally. a little pushback. yeah on i that, think i would know? want to write that
1: into the job description like expecting that it's certainly possible that with time like over time you you get more of the the funnel or you we switch your responsibilities maybe we get to like 60 percent trial conversion and like say wow it's really high and we've worked on this for another six months and it, we can't get it higher without heroic efforts yeah let's put you on something where the the metric looks is less rosy and you can have Mm -hmm. another impact Mm -hmm. like if if a person proves to be effective and then 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 why not give them more let them blossom
0: right yep
1: i think it's kind of the the narrow part of the wedge perhaps Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the right person
0: Mm -hmm.
1: nice it's it's cool to have a a funnel worth optimizing
0: right (laughs) And some budgets where you can be like, well, we have we have the money coming through the door, and we could spend it on someone like this who would have you know tangible ROI, measurable ROI. It's like spending money on engineers is vital too. But like one of the tricky parts about that is like it's harder to say like I we hired this engineer and therefore that translated to this much revenue, right? Totally. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just did some like napkin math, and it's like okay, like with our numbers. Going from forty to fifty is like maybe you know fifty thousand dollars in lifetime value per month or something around there, and so it's like okay that that seems to pay off fast um, <laughs> right so right We also have this kind of power law effect that that I've noticed happening, which is a lot of our customers are centered around this kind of reasonable arpu which is not super crazy it's in the, it's in the hundreds of dollars and then every so often we'll just get a l- giant company that signs up and then we the next time we look they have 100 users and then they have 400 users and then they it's like so sometimes there's just like these enormous whales that show up maybe we tick one of those over from lost to one because they had a better trial experience and it makes yeah. you know the year basically
0: right right yeah and you can practice on all the smaller on all the smaller fish and see is it working is it working and then the next time a whale floats through <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully has yeah, yeah. the same nudges things in the right direction for them
1: and so yeah, so like my like my arithmetic is like okay like on average i think maybe this will have this impact on us but like it could be that there's a couple you know marginal ones that that have much bigger impact than that
0: yeah so do you think that the big whales have the same like the work you need to do to optimize conversions for those companies does it have a lot of overlap you think with the kind of -of run-of-the-mill sign up small team i think it actually
1: does because they mostly are like engineers signing up trying it Mm -hmm. with a coworker or two or three yeah and it grows yeah so it's not like oh we need a single sign-on setup before we can even try this or like sign this legal agreement most of the time it's it starts like a like every, like every other customer basically right right they graduate into a, a more complicated sales process sometimes when they have to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes they just don't even they just kind of get get big and then each new person is hits that funnel again so if we have 100 users and we invite the 101st user whether or not we start charging for them and they start using the product is again just another it's the it's the invite funnel. And that's not maybe as important as the first person, but it's still important.
0: Yeah, I can imagine like probably the maybe one difference would be, you know, if you're on a really small team, then you probably don't need necessarily all of the like guidance on how to how to pitch this to your engineering boss, or your VP of engineering or your CTO or whatever. Like if you're on a really small team, maybe that's not as relevant, but if you're on a larger team seems like arming people with like hey if you're really loving tuple here's here's a cio cto friendly like pdf you, you can yeah you can share or something like that um, yeah i did a few one of, of
1: this it didn't work super well um but i don't think it was that good i have like other hmm. ideas for how to do it better hmm. this honestly i would, is a thing i would see being like a part of this person's job is like this one project we might try it's like what kind of emails can we send or reports can we generate or whatever that will help like might help the, move the needle here so quickly, do you have any thoughts on like what the what this person might be shaped like? I can't decide. Like, do they need to be able to code themselves? And like, because no one's going to be able to write Ruby on the back end and also work on the Mac app. Um, and Mac app people are super hard to find. So let's maybe assume that they're not going to work on the app itself. Maybe they can do like ups and say like, I want like here's how the feature should work. Can you please do this? That seems okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it. Makes sense. Like to be able to at least make basic HTML updates feels like you would want that skill set. You know. Um,
1: yeah. I certainly. I think one thing is like uh, this has to be a person that can kind of. I guess like they need to own sort of this funnel and this metrics piece. Mm-hmm. So, it's like technical enough that they can, like, ideally the first project is like figure out the best way to track other things that go into trial conversion rate, and generate reports on those and pay attention to those and so i don't know i I could see someone who is not a programmer doing this job effectively i think Uh, but then they're they're kind of a project manager almost with a particular focus and so they would need those skills of like working with developers working with designers maybe some budget to get some of that work done separately outside of the engineering organization
0: yeah if they can't do their own like html updates for the to the website for example that's fine but then they will need to have like at the ready some resources to be able to do that or else they'll have a really frustrating experience and like and maybe it'll be you know maybe there's enough slack in the in the on the en- engineering team right now to be able to slip in some of these like hey can you can you build out a couple pages for me and and tweak copy in this way or maybe there's not maybe they're like look man we've got bigger fish to fry right now i can't sorry i can't i don't have time for that you know right um,
1: yeah interesting organizational question
0: and so when we hired our first like product manager outside of me and rob he would often work very closely first off with our lead designer and you know scope stuff out and then all, the designer usually took first pass on stuff and then it kind of and of course he was kind of a generalist designer too so he could do sketch stuff and then translate it into html css and and work in the ruby app and stuff like that so he himself wasn't super technical. He was just kind of like, you know, would work with developers and designers to implement stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, hmm. But yeah, that's that's a tricky piece. It's like, well, how much of a generalist should this person be versus how much should they just be empowered to to spend some budget and, and right. hire out, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, because there are, there are things that I, I could see improving conversion rate that are not dev work or design work like if you have the time maybe be manually reaching out to people let's let's test some like yeah there's there's all kinds of different ways of making this number go up uh, so they could still be contributing perhaps even without tech skills Hmm. but yeah that's an interesting question about like how much slack is in the the dev team basically like if they have these things that they want to ship how long does it take and if they're always waiting on that, that's not as good as if they could do some of it themselves, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like them doing some of the work themselves, probably not, it's not scalable and it's not forever, but it's like if they've got some of that, you know, if they, I mean, I feel like this person could be, could be anything, any like IC type of role, honestly. It could be an engineer who's interested in, in managing, pro, you know, this process, or it could be a designer. Like mm-hmm. they're very likely going to have some primary individual contributor skill set that they can maybe bring to the table a little bit. um, Yep. Yeah.
1: That sounds right. Something like that. Like kind of like a valve talks about T shaped people where you have like deep Mm -hmm. knowledge on one thing and then a broad understanding of a bunch of other other things.
0: Yep. Yep. And probably honestly, like a UX UI UX person is very likely to be good at this type of thing. I think, you know, because that's, they're already kind of focusing on making things, usable for humans
1: (laughs) right exactly yeah and at the end of the day it's like it's it's about understanding the people that are signing up and what they want and how they what's stopping them from getting it and stopping them from being successful i think so if you're if you're already used to like interviewing users and watching them use your product and talking to them that's probably a really good base set of skills
0: Yep. Mm. okay yeah
1: we'll see once fun i have from this stuff though yeah it's fun once i have it, something i might i think my next step is to kind of write up a, a first version of this and maybe i'll show it to mm-hmm. you and see, see what you think
0: cool yeah happy to look at it cool all right man you want to wrap it yeah let's wrap it all right uh notes of the show notes for the show can be found at art of thanks for listening see ya